Well, hello, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to Chapel Chimes Podcast. This is a podcast devoted to chiming in on what's going on in our culture, inside the church, and outside the church. Please like, subscribe, and share, and we'd love to hear from you. Now, without further ado, Chapel Chimes. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to another edition of Chapel Chimes. Uh, this is Pastor Dallas Payton, Jr. I am so glad, we are so glad uh, that you have chosen to listen to another episode. Uh, and to, today, once again, I have in the uh, Chapel Chimes studios my favorite guest I've ever had. She is uh, by far the prettiest guest I've ever had, and that is my sweetheart. We are going to do... Uh, part two, uh, our last episode that we uh, sent out on Chapel Chimes was just uh, marriage, and uh, we just want to do something about marriage. That was kind of an introduction, so we want to expand on it, spend a little t- time today, and so we're going to get right into that. We're going to look at a few of the issues in marriage. I want to kind of get Miss Cindy's perspective. I don't want to just talk about marriage from the husband or from a pastor, but from uh, a wife. We're going to look at some maybe some Christian answers to some uh, worldwide problems as we chime in today on part two of marriage. We want to have a word of prayer, and uh, we'll get right into our podcast. Lord, I pray you be with us in these next few moments, and Lord, we love you and thank you today. I pray for anybody that's listening, this will be a help to them now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Miss Cindy, we're going to begin here. I'm going to ask you some of these questions and I just want to say this at the beginning here. We, uh, I spent a few minutes just really, just I'll just be transparent. We did a Google search, I did, and just looked at some of the issues that married couples face, some of the bad habits. And I found something interesting as I did a little just searching on the Internet, and that is uh, many of it was the same, much of the issues were the same list of things. If you do a Google search, like what are the 10 issues, what are the problems that, you know, couples face, and there's about six to ten on I don't know how many different places. This is, um, I don't have any, these questions and, and these uh, um, points that we're going to talk about today is not originally from me, and I'm going to share with you, and you can find this list if you want to contact us. I don't want to um, take anybody out of context. I'm basically going to use just the the issues they raise, this is a group out of Texas, actually, but uh, these are these are found in all kinds of different websites, different marriage ministries, and I think when you get into it, you'll hear that a lot of the issues that couples face, whether in church, out of church, just marriage, young, old, they're generally very similar, and today we want to look at these. There's about 10 of these. We want to spend a few minutes, and I want to get my wife, Miss Cindy, to kind of give me her feedback. Are you ready for Miss Miss Cindy? I'm ready. Okay. All right. So here we go. We're going to go through some of these questions, and maybe you're listening, and you say, well, y'all give an introduction, but you know, what about some of the nuts and bolts? What about, what do we do as married couples? You know, we talked last time. We've been married now uh, for 32 years, going on uh, in a few months, I guess. We'll be celebrating our 33rd wedding anniversary. Um, Cindy's parents have been married It'll be their 60th or 61. 
60th wedding anniversary. So we've been around a lot of successful couples. But what do you do? What are some of the issues that people are, are facing? Because I think we all know that we are living in a time that marriages and homes are really, really struggling. Um, and we see it inside the church and outside the church. So we're going to go through some of these. We touched on some of these last time. And so I'm going to read to you. The first one, Miss Cindy, is communication issues. That's number one. Number two is ignoring boundaries. Three and four are about sexual infidelity. Uh, we're going to touch on that. We may get, have a totally separate broadcast or a podcast about that. Um, fighting about money is one of them. Selfishness, value differences, different life stages, boredom, and jealousy on this one list. And I find that many of those lists are very, very similar. So here we go. We're going to begin. We want to start off today talking about communication. And Miss Cindy, you mentioned communication last time. You feel like that's a big issue, don't you? I do. I feel like communication is really important. Um, because, you know, if you're not talking with your partner, then you may get, you know, the devil can put in your head things that you might be thinking that your partner, you know, is thinking and, and put thoughts that are un, are untrue. And just um, a key to your family, I think, in general, and I know for our family, we have always stressed communication, even with our children. Um, you know, we like to know, have always wanted to know what's going on in our children's lives. And this is a little different in the marriage, but... Um, just, you, mean, you mean communication just in the family? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. just a major thing, right. even with their children, like to know what's going on in their family's lives. And, um, you know, people need to talk about things and about um, what's going on in their in their lives, uh, what they're feeling, how they're hurting. You know, suicide is a big issue. I know today we went by where there had been a, a suicide, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's because people don't, have a chance to talk and they need to get that out and and to communicate and um and I think like with with me and you a lot of times I may think that you don't spending time together is a big thing and I may think you don't want to spend time with me and and that's just that's not the case at all you're just busy doing 900 different things that that you have got to do and um and just you communicating to me and stopping and saying, Cindy, I want to be with you. I just can't. I have, you know, it so, just so makes the big difference. It's just that commu- just that little tiny bit of communication and um, clearing that up, um, you know, can, can take care of a lot of different problems. Just just if, if you have an issue, just sitting down and talking about it. And understanding where the other person is coming from is just really key. Well, let's unpack that a little bit. Let's talk about that a little bit. I want to say this just as a disclaimer now. Anytime I make a podcast and somebody's listening, especially if somebody's kind of have a critical, I just did a podcast on criticism. We are not saying, and I don't want anybody to ever think this, that we have all the answers uh, or that we have done all this perfectly. I sure have not. Miss Cindy's done it a whole lot better than I have, but... Um, I, I will be the first to admit. And so when, when we do this today, and I'm probably somebody will probably listen to this and say, man, I've messed up on some of these things. Well, so have we. Absolutely. And so have, so have most people. And I, I think it needs to be said because 
I think sometimes if you're going through a struggle in your marriage, in a home, with your children, whatever it may be, and obviously children are overwrapped here. You you brought that out. They are intertwined into your marriage, whether you like that or not. And, um, and, and I think sometimes it's like, well, these people have this perfect marriage, or this couple's doing it, and they're, they have no problems. But that's not true. We've been around couples enough to know. Uh, and I just want to say that just from the outset, this is not a... Y'all need to do it like us. We've got it all figured out. In fact, it's the complete opposite of that. We're we're trying to to learn as we grow and, and to develop and to get you know closer and and communication. I want to read to you what they write here, and Miss Cindy, you hit on it. And in fact, you already kind of hit on what what they said. The most common complaint, and this is the group out of Texas. They say the most common complaint among among married couples is the lack of communication. I personally think that's in particular on the woman's side. I think men don't need this as much as women, personally. But they go on. They say many couples put up with problems rather than try to fix them. In the beginning, for example, they use the example of you know when you first start out in your marriage, you uh, that one would earn the money, the other one would maybe take care of the house and the children, and then when they face new challenges, I'm assuming like somebody loses a job or those things flip flop, they have to negotiate a new way, a new compact. The issue is whether these spouses can listen to each other's complaints. And I like, th- this is what they say, and I've, I've, we've dealt with this quite a bit, without interrupting or getting defensive to reach a new consen- consensus. And one thing that I've learned, we've had a marriage re- couples retreat now for several years, and every year we have a question and answer time where people just anon- anonymously ask questions, and invariably they will, there will be uh, a pretty good percentage of those on a breakdown of communication for whatever reason. And so communication and listening to each other, not interrupting each other, and not only hearing words, and Miss Cindy talks a lot about us spending time together. That's something that we have to really watch and work on because I am very busy. But... Um, taking time, hearing each other, looking at each other, focus. I think the word I would say, Cindy, you correct me if I'm wrong here, is focusing on each other. We tell the joke, Cindy said it before even at church, that you know she'll grab me by the cheeks and say, focus on me, listen to what I'm saying to you because I'm distracted or I'm busy or whatever. Um, and being distracted and busy is part of life. But so is your marriage, and so is your home, and so is your spouse, and you have to focus on that communication, whatever it is, because the rest of it's not going to matter if you can't communicate with each other. But would you agree with that, Miss Cindy? Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree with all that, one hundred percent for sure. Um, so, what would you say to people that what what could a person do to improve on communication? Or I guess you almost have to look at the problems. I think sitting aside time to communicate um is is one thing like you know and and busy because busyness is is the culprit in most of this is just um you know right now with in our situation our life has totally changed because our children are grown and um but we are still extremely busy um and you have to set that side of time to communicate or to go together um, to be together and take the time to talk. I, I, would and, say, I would say this too, like, you know, somebody said, well, we communicate very loudly. I think when we think about communication, we talk about arguing, 
And we, we're not a couple that doesn't argue. We disagree sometimes. We've disagreed tonight. We disagree all the time. Um, what is it, what have you learned? Because you are great. Have you have the ability to agree to disagree? I think some people they communicate, but they end up in a fuss. One of withdrawals. They don't really get to the end of it. What do you think has helped? Or what have you learned that's helped you with that? Because you do great. You do better that, that at that than I do. But I haven't always done good at that. I've, I have, I'm trying, um, you know, my life has changed a lot. In, I'm going to get to that later, by the way. Oh, we're going to get to that later. Yeah. Okay. But my <laughs> life has changed a lot just in over the past year with having, um, no children at my home. I've been a mother since I was 19 years old, and now I'm in my lower 50s. <laughs> and um, and now I have no children at home. And it, it has been difficult for me to learn my new um, my new purpose as a mother in this capacity. And so my life has changed, and I, I have to go back and look and, and think, what do I need to work on myself? What do I need to change? How can I improve um, in the way I act and how I how I forgive or, or how I communicate or or how the things that I do? And something that I think um, the whole world has an issue right now with is is in agreeing to disagree mm -hmm. and still loving each other. Mm -hmm. And um, I have learned, you know, not everybody likes the same dress, the same hairstyle, <laughs> the same, has the same opinion on masks or whatever. You know, we could go on and on and on and on. And you and your husband aren't going to have the same opinion on everything. And, but you, but you learn that that's okay. That doesn't mean they don't love you. If they don't like your dress, that doesn't mean your husband doesn't love you. Maybe you just want to choose a different dress or, or so what if he doesn't like that particular dress? That doesn't mean he doesn't love you anymore. You know, um, just because people don't see things exactly the same doesn't mean that we have to hate each other. Well, another thing, I want to say this too before we move on off of communication. And I talk about this just, just to kind of put a pastoral Christian thing on this. This is, these are kind of generalized things that they're talking about here, this list we're going over. But I, I want to say this when it comes to communication, too, um, is, and I've really hit on this as a, as a pastor. My wife and I talk about this a lot. But when it comes to communication, one of the things that really, really com kills communication is having secrets. Um, I don't personally think a marriage can really have secrets. Uh, I mean, you can... I mean, you can't tell everybody everything all day long. I understand that. I mean, some of the things don't need to be talked about. But um, your phone conversations, your, you know, we live in a world now of private messaging and emails and text messaging. And I really believe couples, uh, and we have, we have made some boundaries. In fact, that's going to be our next point is talking about boundaries, where I want Miss Cindy to look on my iPad, look on my iPhone, have every passcode um, if somebody messages me. And I don't think there's anything wrong with getting a private message if the spouse can see it. Uh, that's no problem because I think they ought the, the, no, like, for example, I'm a man, a, a woman should not private message me that my wife cannot look at that. Now, sometimes those, are, those can be intimate things and serious situations, but a wife and a husband need to be able to have uh, 
total access to openness. Uh, Miss Cindy needs to know where I'm at at all times. I need. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, there's two, you know you don't want to be a stalker and be a weirdo about it and be a jerk about it. I, I understand that. And some people work jobs where you know their wife wants to know. Well, how many tiles are you laying on the floor? You know, there's some things you have to use some common sense. doesn't really matter. But that spouse deserves to be communicated with in a way that they feel comfortable with. And you got to get that worked out. And um, those are some serious issues. I'm big on that. I talk about that all the time. And, and, and we look at each other and say, hey, look, you know, look at my phone. And I've learned now, I've learned over these years as we've, develop more and more with, with apps and, and I'm learning, you know, teenagers are on apps that I haven't even heard about till recently, um, that you've got to really keep up with that. But the heart is the issue. There's always going to be some way to, to be deceptive and you've got to be open. So I, I think communication, honest communication, open communication and Christian communication. I'd say this to men, especially, you know, you can't expect to have a lot of respect in your home with your spouse if you're going to be gruff and cuss somebody out, uh, you know, I, I recently got kind of, I've been recently in the last few weeks been cussed out a couple of different times or cussed at anyway. That is just going to kill communication. You can't scream. You, you can't throw a fit. You can't always make everything a federal case. Um, and that just absolutely, if you have to do that, you're not really communicating. You're just screaming. And so um, I would be, and I, I really believe one of the reasons folks don't want to communicate because communication takes humility. Because communication is not only speaking, like I'm speaking now, maybe too much, but also listening. I need to be willing to listen, not just speak. If I'm just speaking, and or, or Miss Cindy's just speaking, and neither one of us are listening, you're not really communicating. Communicating is the giving and taking of information. Would you agree with that, Miss Cindy? I'm, no. I'm, doing, I'm doing too much speaking. No, you're not. Not at all. Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree with all of that. Um, I, I think, if, like you said, it's not fighting. Communication isn't fighting and screaming. It's talking about about the issue. And Even though I think you would agree, there's nothing wrong, though, with having healthy disagreement. Right. Because you looked at me and said, honey, I love you, but I this, you're wrong here. Right, right. And, and, and I've learned, it took us a while. But I learned just because I'm wrong does not mean that you're mad about it. But you may be mad about it. And you have you have to give people a, a, a space to be mad or a space to cool down. And so, but that's communication. We'll come back. I think yeah. that overlaps a lot of other issues. Uh, Before we move mention, on, what do you want to say? Can I mention one quick thing? Yeah. Um, one quick thing I wanted to mention is choosing that time. Um, I think I mentioned this yes. in the last podcast. Um, and sometimes this is very frustrating for me. Um but you can't because um, when my husband comes home, a lot of times he's been already been at work for 12 hours or whatever. And he comes through the door and he's dead tired. You know, those aren't really the times, a lot of times, ladies, that we want to choose to dump this and that and the other. Although a lot of issues need to be um need to be talked about sometimes we want to give them a, maybe a little time to rest um an hour or two to rest or maybe feed them before we <laughs> before we you know try to communicate about this or that or the other issue and that that's just a little something i've learned down through the years um i think a lot of husbands sometimes i have heard husbands complain about the second they come through the door from work you know their wives are on them about 
um, well, the kids did this and, and that did that and, and this needs fixed and that needs, and, and I understand we have all those pressures from all day long. And especially as a mother of three children, I, I know the kids sometimes have driven you crazy all day long and you just need to talk about it. You don't really want them to fix it. You just need to talk about it, but they think you're wanting to fix it. And, um, and so some, just a little tip that I have learned down through the years is just, if you can just let them get through the door and let them get settled just a little bit and give them just a little bit of time and maybe a little bit of food in their belly before you start talking about them. I think that has helped. I think my husband would agree with me that if I will let that happen a lot of times, um, just let him get in, let him get settled, that that has worked yeah, the, the term I use a is, lot better. Yeah, the um, the, term the I use timing is, yeah. of your conversations. The, the the words I use is get your feet under you, so to speak, because yeah. your, your, your mind and your th- your heart or whatever, not heart, but your mind and, and your your focus, I guess you could say, is still driving like me. I'm driving the van down the road or whatever, so it's hard to to switch that gear. Um, but you know something else is you're saying that too that hit me because I've run into this many times. If you wait, a lot of times what you think is really pressing. As you put it off, you'll find out. You know what? I don't think I need to tell him that because you know, like this sink is broke. Well, it got it wasn't broke. Let's say so you're dumping, and then when you wait a little bit, and I've heard that, that pastoring is. Sometimes if you give it a little time, though that thing is, you know, like the the kids already got things right before you tell them. I mean, there's there's there, so there's things there that that can if you put it off, and I appreciate that to to not just dump it on you. It could be very, but you have to be able to communicate at the same time though. Right, right. Um, and I, I wouldn't put things off too far. I think some people go the other direction and say, well, it happened two months ago. Well, I, that, that's hard to fix. So. There's two sides. So that's communication. I want to move on real quickly because we're all really pretty far on that one. But uh, ignoring boundaries. I want to read to you about boundaries. We talk a lot about boundaries. Uh, we, I think you talk this, speak about this a lot with your children. Um, the Bible speaks of boundaries, we know. Um, and I want to read what they say. It is not uncommon for one spouse to try to change his or her partner. Well, that's not good. Let me just say that as a pastor. That is just not good. Whether it's how he or she uh, dresses or about fundamental beliefs, trying to change your spouse will feel like a personal invasion and may trigger uh, defensiveness or anger. Overstepping boundaries can destroy mutual trust. The result is likely to be retaliation or withdrawal from the relationship. And... um, um, you know, boundaries is a, that's a tricky thing. Everybody, you know, everybody's goes to different mindsets on this, but you have to have boundaries within your marriage. I think you should be open between each other and boundaries from outsiders coming in. Um, for example, I think a lot of women think, well, I'll straighten my husband out once we get married. I'll put these rules in place and I'll straighten him out. And both people will resent that. Uh, they'll grow apart. Um, I, I've I've heard everything over the years from he she doesn't want to do anything with me or he doesn't want to do anything with me to, you know, they have a totally different set of friends. Uh, I think sometimes people put their friends above their spouse. That is not a good boundary. Sometimes they put their children. Many times you'll see somebody married, and as soon as your kids get old enough, they'll they'll break up, and they put their children. I think it's a wrong boundary. Um, they you you have to give people. Um, 
the right type of boundaries. You, and you, you got to be, you know, it's unbelievable. Men, some men are control freaks, I call them. I don't mean, I mean that in a, that's just, a, I shouldn't use that word, I guess. But, you know, the, the wife can't spend a dime without every single thing going through him like he's the king of the world and, and vice versa. It's those, some of those things are, are very unhealthy. Um, you know, constant criticism of each other. And so there needs to be some boundaries. you have anything to say about boundaries there? I don't think so. You don't think so? No. I would I say... Think the only thing I would say is just like, you know, if there's an issue with that spouse, just to pray about something, just take it to the Lord. But Yeah, okay. And then, now, the next two, and we're not going to touch on this. This is a touchy subject. I am going to mention it because I think it's one of the biggest problems. I just don't know how to handle it in a podcast. And that is they have three and four. Uh, number three in particular is, is lack of sexual intimacy. I think that deserves its own separate podcast. Um, I would think that that'd be something maybe you wouldn't want the children to listen to. So I don't know how to touch that. I will say this. It is a huge deal in marriages. We're living in a world of of, I mean, we all know this, sexual immorality is everywhere. It really hurts the home. That is a real issue. We deal with this a lot at couples retreats. That number four is emotional or sexual infidelity. I think intimacy and emotion and infidelity, physical and emotional, um, are all linked. They're all linked together. Uh, it's a real issue. It's a very common. It's a common problem. I'm not so sure it's not one of the leading causes of problems within a marriage. And sometimes I'm, we may be speaking to somebody that hears this and say, says, "Hey, that's already happened in our marriage. We're struggling to get through it." And there's some. There are some. There's some literature out there, but there's no easy way to do that. And we kind of want to spend some time, maybe later, on how. What do you do with that? That's a very tough thing. Um, I would say this, that um, sexual intimacy is very important in a marriage. It, it cannot be the main thing in a marriage, which I think we're living in such a sex-crazed world now that it can really get out of, out of balance one way or the other. It, but most of it is the connection. And to go back to communication, when that connection changes, whether it's for the male or the female, you are going to have some sort of infidelity. Um, you have to stay connected. And I know Miss Cindy, she harps on me all the time about spending time together. And that spending time is the connection. That's why that's so important. That doesn't mean it's physical. It can be physical. But it it's also a talking and sharing and time and eating together and being silly. There's a lot that goes into it. And if you don't have that, you're going to have... Um, sexual uh, problems and, and I'll just move on from that I think that's you want to say anything right there I know you you were um, really good at this the only thing I'd like to say is the taking the time like um I think we'd been married 10 years before I think Houston was 10 before we had actually went we a trip to the and spent time together yeah. just the two of us and my mom kept their <clears> kids and um, we went and spent the night in the Smokies together. And, and that was a time I will never forget because we actually were together. And I, I always try to encourage young young wives um, and ladies, if I'm speaking with the ladies group, to 
take that time with their husband and, you know, to try to have a babysitter so that once every three months or whatever, you can get away with your spouse and go somewhere and spend the night somewhere. And um, just don't lose that attraction in that time with your spouse um, because you will end up 32 years later it being you and him and you want to still have that connection and um and you know having that sexual intimacy between the two of you makes you closer and it keeps the love and the fire burning and so you don't want to lose that and and I try to teach young wives it is important that you are there for your husband that's you know to that's part of you know when you get married that's part of it and and it's a very important part and it keeps your love stronger and we and, may and we may if we feel comfortable we may um try to address this in some way um we're going to be careful on the podcast because some of it is you know, can be intimate things. We don't want children necessarily uh, hear some of that. Even it wouldn't be, we wouldn't be vulgar or anything. But it is something that, and we live in a vulgar world. It's such a weird time that Christians and preachers feel weird about talking about something that literally is in our face all day long. It's just an odd thing. But I would just say that the word I would use there, and I like the word connection. Uh, connection is not just physical. Um, you know, the, the the world uses a a very a very vulgar term, really, called hooking up. You know, I just heard there's a big controversy right now, a very famous person, they keep using that word. And Christians, though, it's a connection. It's from the Lord. The Bible says, let a, a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. That would be the word in the Bible is cleave. And that is physical, but it's also, man, that was your emotion. That was your uh, uh, spiritual. It was everything. You give your everything. In fact, the old wedding vows say the old wedding vows that I have. It's the original from way, way back. And it says, um, plight thee my troth. And people look at you and say, what in the world does that mean? But what that really, what the understanding was is when you got married, your finances, your land, your family, your connect, all that was going to be interconnected. And so that's a pretty powerful thing. So we're going to move on though. Here's another one, and we may we may have to stop here, Miss Cindy, and do a part three. Let's, we'll close with this. Um, I don't know how far we are into this, but here's number five. Well, and we talked about number six last time. Uh, I don't know. We'll cut up. Anyway, let's do this one. Fighting about money. Oh, my. That is a can of worms. Um, I want to read to you what they write. Again, um, and if anybody wants to contact us, uh, you can contact me at DallasPYTN at Yahoo, and I'll give you the this um, site. I just kind of did it in a Google search, no big deal. But they write this, fighting about money. Disagreements about money are inevitable in a marriage. One spouse may want to save while the other wants to spend. Disagreements about money usually reflect different core values. To avoid these problems, it is important to discuss and agree how to handle finances. And one of the things that on this list and the other lists that I just kind of glanced through in, in preparation for this podcast is I kept seeing the word core values. Um, obviously, if two Christians marry, they're going to have a certain amount of core values. If you are married to someone who is either not a Christian or maybe not a serious or de what we'd say devout Christian, that's going to change 
the way you are about money. I will say this when we talk about money. I have seen personally as much trouble in this area um, as almost as much. I don't think quite as much as physical or sexual, but boy, it's it's right up there. And that is the issue in the fighting about money. We live in a economically probably not the richest place in the world here. So a lot of couples deal with money, you know, whether they can make it, you know, making the bills. We don't fight about money. We ain't got enough money to fight about, you know. But it's a big issue. And I think personality comes into that. If one spouse wants to buy everything and the other one don't, you know, if you have $1,000 left at the end of the month and you need to, do you want to buy a couch or are you going to go fishing with it? I think all of a sudden you figure out what is important. Um, and the next one on our list, when we'll get to it next time, is selfishness. I think selfishness overrides money. Uh, if a man, you know, goes and buys a, a, there's nothing wrong with buying a fishing pole unless his wife needs a, a new top for work, then you got an issue and you got a, you got a, a problem there. And a lot of it is the philosophy of money. Some people just really love money. Some people, that's one reason why they work all the time is because they love, they have money. So, Miss Cindy, what is your what is your thoughts about money? You've seen some of this with couples, and um, this was number five on their list. We've never had enough money to fight about. I was going to say, this is not something we've really ever had an issue with, and I appreciate that about you. You've never really um, stopped. We've really never really fought a lot about money, which has really been nice. Um, but I think, I think this probably would come down to, like you said, the next issue that we're going to talk about a lot and which is selfishness. Mm -hmm. As long as our bills were paid, we were pretty happy in our marriage. We, right. that's really what we, we really went, um, on. But I think, I think the core value, I think of, of how you, you spent it, whatever you had left, I think is where, where people, I think a lot would fight on and the selfishness of where would we want to spend it. I think with our family and our, we usually spend it on our children and um, on what we had right. left was always it, it already really, spent. <laughs> yeah, and it really does. Now, I, I will say this, uh, you know, of course I've been in the ministry now at one church for over 22 years and then I've seen this with other churches. I've heard this at the marriage retreats. It is an issue. And for some people, like for example, um, let's say you, re you you have an opportunity to take a job and you have to move your family, let's say, and the spouse does not want to move. And you've moved to make more money. Now, you're making more money. You made a decision about money. But, man, if you move your whole family, that's a life-change decision. I think people make decisions like that because they see the, the money and not the whole picture. Right. Um, you, you know, if somebody, for example, is a saver and somebody is a spender, Every time that they go out and spend that money, uh, like selfishness we talk about, we'll talk about that next time. That spouse, you know, well, why is he buying that? Or why is she buying that? Or, right. Uh, I do hear stories, and we've dealt with some, and, and especially not even in our church here necessarily as much as, like I've seen it in the different couples retreats, some of the some of the stuff that I've read about marriages and then dealt, dealt with different ones. Um, you know, credit card. And debt, you know, it's one, the core value of do we not get in debt? Do we have a bank thing? And, um, you know, there are some people that they are really, like they may be very loyal when it comes to sexual intimacy, but when it comes to finances, they, they struggle. And, you know, some people that are, that are raised up 
uh, poor, let's say, um, you know, they get some money. It can really be hard. Money can be very hard. And I've heard this as a pastor. There's a lot of pastors that they don't have, you know, maybe physical problems, but they have financial problems. It's an issue. We live in a world that, you know, you, some somebody might hear this and live in a very affluent place where they have a lot of money. Uh, but just because you have a lot, don't fix that. You see this all the time. You know, my wife picks me. I watch these murder mystery shows. And one of the things we you see over and over and over again is money. Money's a big motive when it comes to the decisions people make. And so if you're fighting about money, um, and, and it's usually a bigger deal. And most of the time it's control is what I think. It's who's controlling. Who's going to control the money? Who's going to make that final decision? Um, and so I, we'll, we'll close with that. Miss Cindy, do you have any part? We're going to do a part three because we've only got down to five. We've got about five more of these. Do you have any closing thoughts about anything we've talked about today? I want to thank you for coming in here to the studio. I feel like I've not let you talk enough. <laughs> I think I've talked plenty. I, I just hope that we can be a help to someone. Um, very nervous about being involved in this podcast. I'm afraid I will say the wrong thing or give someone the wrong advice. So I'm very nervous about this whole situation. <laughs> but um, In other words, I conjure into doing it. Yes, go ahead. But I just want to say that um, I am burdened for people and love people and um, want uh, hopefully to be an encouragement to people for their marriages. Um, I'm very blessed to uh, have a, a husband that I'm very much in love with and um, I hope that maybe we could share something that might encourage you in your marriage. And um, We don't have all the answers and we do fight and um, we do have struggles but God has been good to us and so hopefully we can say something that might encourage you. And I just want to say that God is good and I appreciate him um, for uh, all he has given me and for loving me and my husband. Amen. So thank well, you. Amen. Well, thank you, Miss Cindy. And I want to say this. If you're listening, there is hope. You may be discouraged and frustrated. Uh, there is hope. We know several people who've had very rocky times and God has fought for them. There is forgiveness. If you've messed up, you can get things back on track. Um, God has a way of restoring things. Uh, I don't want you to be discouraged. And, and maybe you just need to hear that, hey, these couples, and we know couples have been married for years and years. I don't know a couple that's been married for years and years that haven't had uh, some issues that they've had to face. Some really big. Maybe some not so big. Maybe some nobody knows. You know, Miss Cindy, most folks know she's had a, uh, a health issue for the last several years. That has really thrown our whole life. It's just about every one of these have been affected that we've talked about today. Uh, you know, money, uh, physically, emotionally, um, you know, all this whole list here that we're looking at, um, that, uh, you know, boundaries and communication, all of these have been affected. And you may, you may be battling an illness or sickness and you, all these have been affected. Uh, there's hope, though. God can work you, work on you to get you through this. Uh, a marriage is two individuals that God's working on, and I think there's hope if you're even struggling. So we're thankful that you've tuned in today. Miss Cindy, you want to say goodbye? Are you done? We are you through? I'm done. Thank you for coming to the chapel, Cook's Chapel or Chapel Chime Studios. We thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us. You can find us on. Uh, on all the social media platforms and you can direct messages there. 
Uh, you can also uh, contact my email at dallaspytn at yahoo.com. And thank you for tuning in. We're going to close out uh, with prayer. Miss Cindy, would you mind to pray? Sure. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this day that you've given us. We thank you so much, Lord, for dying on the cross for us and for this opportunity that we have, Lord, to share um, some things that we have learned down through the years, Lord, about our marriage and um, our love for each other and pray, Lord, that someone might learn something through this, Lord, that might save their marriage. And um, we do love you, Lord Jesus, and we pray for church tomorrow that um, someone might accept you as Savior and just be with us and give us a good night's sleep. We love you and praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, folks. Thank you for listening to Chapel Chimes.